At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. The title of my message tonight is Self-Judgment. If you haven't heard any of the messages that I've preached on Sunday and Wednesday in the last few weeks, I think maybe this is about message number five, I think, or something like that, maybe five or six, I, I'm not remembering but um, at the moment, but um, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to what I've shared regarding this because I've never, never actually shared this before. Um, and I'm shifting gears on Sundays, but on Wednesday nights, we're going to keep digging this out because we need it. There's a lot of truth in what, what I'm sharing in this that, that we need. Everybody needs. I need it. You need it. We all need it. <clears throat> I want to give you another definition. Well, it's similar to what I've given. Um, on the word judge, another definition tonight. <clears throat> so, a judge in a courtroom, when there's a hearing, and it's the judge's decision, what the outcome of that hearing will be, that's what judging is. It's a decision. It's a decision of guilty or not. And what we've read out of Matthew chapter 7, it says, judge not so you're not judged. So you're not the judge. And you're not a good judge. You and I are not good judges. We don't have what it takes to judge other people if we haven't learned from the true judge how to judge ourselves with his judgment. When I started this series, <clears throat> I had several people ask me, said, so, so we can't ever like even have an opinion about something or, or whatever. And that's not true. You, you can have an opinion about anything. Actually, you do. You, you have an opinion right now about what I'm teaching. Right? Yeah. You're going to always have an opinion. It's what you do with it. <clears throat> Whether you keep your mouth shut, you go to God and listen to God about the judgment you have towards something, or you just let it roll off your tongue and out of your mouth. <clears throat> Mm. Super dangerous because of what it produces. So, <clears throat> to decide guilty or not, and when you decide, then the judge brings the sentencing. When there's a hearing, when, when there's a judge and jury, you know, the sentencing still comes back to the judge in most cases, but <clears throat> but the judge is the one that brings the sentence. And the sentence for mankind from the judge that matters is what? Not guilty. All of humanity is not guilty because of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus. Every human being on planet earth that's ever lived or ever will live is not guilty because of what he did. <clears throat> the 
So why is there so much judgment? Why is there so much sentencing going on with people's mouths over other individual people? And I'm saying the reason is, is because we don't judge ourselves. There lies the key. I've said this, I've said this now at least four times. I've said this, this is not a, a, a series, or it started out as just a message or two, turned into a series, and it's not a series about trying to condemn you for judging too much. That doesn't work anyway. And condemnation isn't from God. And there's been a lot of messages preached on judgment that just brought condemnation to people's lives. That's not this. God wants you and I to see how vital it is in our own personal lives for our lives, our hearts to be judged by God. So, here's a passage that we use most of the time when we're receiving communion. And I want to read it in 1 Corinthians 11, starting with verse 26. And it says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself... And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now there's two representations of the Lord's body that I believe are both represented in this passage right here. Number one, the physical body of the Lord Jesus Christ. What happened to him? What, 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 how his body was beaten, tortured, and mutilated for our good. But the second representation here of the body of Christ has to do with us. The body of Jesus Christ. And if you back up here, I want to look at what he said here about not discerning the Lord's body. Because the reason I want you to look at that is because every passage that we've talked about regarding judgment in the last few services, every one of those passages has talked about people in the church. Not one passage that I've read to you talks about people outside of the church. It's talking about people that are born again, every single passage, this one included, is talking about people that are born again in the church, in the body of Jesus Christ. And how we act and relate and deal with each other. I'll tell you, if I would have seen this when I first started pastoring, life would have been totally different. Totally different. I have to be honest with you. 
33 years ago, I didn't see this. I didn't see it. And it's been coming to me progressive over the last 33 years. To where I see something today, to where if a human being is judging themselves with God's judgment, which is His Word, I'm going to show you a passage, He's already judged everything. If I'm judging myself based on what He's already laid out, (laughs) there's no fear, there's no condemnation, there's no nothing. There's only me positioning myself as I'm judging myself by what God says is so. And I live to that. Then I'm in a position to receive everything that God has for me, and I never have to be in turmoil ever again. Because people's turmoil in life, most of it is with other people. And what he's talking about is the church. Back up, he said, for he, no, back back farther. He said, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. What's the eating of the bread and drinking of the cup represent? It's what Jesus accomplished what his body accomplished, and what his shed blood accomplished. Correct? Watch this. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. How can a person partake of the blood and the body of Jesus Christ in an unworthy manner? He says it right here, by not examining his own heart. By not taking what the body and the blood did and judging your own personal life with that. But judging it not by your own way of thinking, not judging your life with your own way of thinking, but with God, because he's the judge, he passes the sentence, and what's his sentence? I'm not guilty. (laughs) And when you see yourself not guilty, then you can help other people be not guilty. So it seemed like maybe the problem is we see ourselves guilty. And we're out trying to pass judgment of guilty on other people. Doesn't work. Watch this. Because when we don't discern the Lord's body correctly, this reason, many are weak or one translation says powerless, sick. People are weak, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. What that word defines, what it's defined as, as having no vision, no purpose. Why? Not discerning the Lord's body correctly because not judging my own life with the judgment of God. Here come to judge. And he's got the sentence. And the gavel's already been laid. Not guilty. All of humanity. And yet, and yet, 
what we're so compelled to do in life is to judge everybody as guilty with the words of our mouth. So we're not discerning the body correctly. We're, realize, we're not realizing how important it is for us not to look at people through eyes of defeat and discouragement and the, the guilty feeling that, that everybody feels at different times in their life depending on what situation that you're dealing with. You're judging other people that way. Then the judgment keeps coming back on you. He said, judge not lest you be judged. In other words, he said, don't judge so you're not judged. Next verse. For if you would judge yourselves, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we're judged, we're chastised by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. And I, wanna, I just want to say this about that passage right there. What he's saying in that last part of that verse is, when we're judged by God, we are chastised by it. We're disciplined by God. God's Word, when you're open to be judged by God, then you're open to be corrected by God. So that you're not walking around condemned with the rest of the world, because the rest of the world is condemned. When you walk in judgment and you're no good at it, I'm talking about all of humanity and especially the church, we're not good at that, then we walk condemned. But when we're judged by God, we're disciplined by Him. See, it doesn't mean that God just like judges us and says, well, you need to, you need to quit doing that if you can help it. You know, No, no, no. He's always bringing a command. You need to stop that. Yes, sir. I want you to see you need to stop it because of what it's doing to your life and what it'll do to other people's lives. I don't know how many times God said this to me at different times in my walk with God. If you don't stop that, and if you don't get rid of that attitude and that thing in your life right there, I can't use you because I can't trust you. Because all somebody's got to do is, is get worked up and make you mad, and then you're going to get mad, and you're going to react in the flesh, and I can't trust you, I can't use you. That's why we need to be judged by Him, so we can hear these kind of things. Can you say amen? Just think about this. I wrote this down today, maybe yesterday. If judgment is okay when someone did, has done something wrong, if it's okay for you to judge them because they did something wrong, what about all the things that you did wrong that you're forgiven for? That's a good thought. That's a really good thought. That's a really good thought. Mark chapter 11 and verse 25 says this. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. 
Now, this scripture needs a little bit of help, not helping the Word of God, but helping it with the interpretation here. Because a lot of people read this in the wrong way. And, and, and if you read this wrong, you're condemned. This, this scripture, this passage right here can condemn you if you read it incorrectly, if you understand it incorrectly. I'm going to read it to you. Whenever you stand praying, you're praying, okay? What's true prayer? Connection with God. So when you're standing, when you're in your time and you're praying before God, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. Father, as I was praying today, I was praying in the Spirit, all of a sudden you showed me something that I needed to deal with in my heart. Lord, I just purpose to forgive that person. I've held on to this thing. I've hold. You know, th- these, are the, these are the ways that God will speak to you, and He wants to get into your life because, because I, I, want you to, I want you to hold that right there, and I want to read this passage to you real quickly. And it's found in... Um, John chapter 16. John chapter 16 and verse 8, and then we'll go back to where we were. John 16 and 8. In this passage, if you go and read, he's, you know, in, in, in John 14, 15, 16, he's talking about the person of the Holy Spirit that he would send to be with us, to teach us, to guide us, all the responsibilities that the Holy Spirit has and everything. And then he says in verse 8, and when he has come, this is Jesus right toward the end of his life, telling his disciples, he's trying to convince them it's going to benefit them that he leaves. I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd have been benefited. I don't think I'd have been one of those thinking, yeah, yeah, you need to leave. No. But he's trying to tell them this. And it says, and when he has come, he will, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world, not condemn the world, but convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. See, the only only sin that will send a person to hell is the sin of disobedience, of not believing in God. Only, Only sin in a person's life that will send them to hell is not believing in Jesus. But he sent the Holy Ghost into the earth to convict us that we need to believe. He's got us covered. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father and you see me no more. When you don't see me anymore, I'll be at the right hand of the Father representing you, and the Holy Spirit's going to come and convict and reveal to you That all authority is at the right hand of the Father, and now you can operate in that authority. And of judgment. Because the ruler of this world has already been judged. And that means every lie that he brings to you about yourself, number one, that he brings to you about other people, Every one of those things, every situation that's out there that happens, it's already been judged. The reason we need our lives judged by God is I don't want to rub up against the judgment of God through rebellion or attitude or anything else. I don't don't want to deal with the judgment of God. So when you look at the passage of Scripture that we read here in Mark, 
He said, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Does that mean he hasn't forgiven you? You got, you, got, you got to work this out in your soul. Does that mean he hasn't forgiven you? If that's true, then all the other verses of Scripture said that we are already forgiven. No matter what we do, we're already forgiven. Then that's not true. And he said, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive trespasses. Why? Because even though he's forgiven you, we still have the choice whether we forgive or not, whether we judge or not, whether we do what God says or not. We have the Holy Ghost that's come to convict our hearts, but it's still our choice. And because God's laid it out that if you don't, you don't forgive, then you can't live forgiven. Even though He forgave you, you won't live that way. You will live beat up in your life and under condemnation constantly because of the choice you make not to forgive. That's what this whole judgment thing is about. It's not me trying not to judge stupid things that people do. It's me learning that I'm not a good judge. And if I'll open myself up to what God has for me, then I can judge things correctly. So I want to read this pretty long passage that for many years, when I would read this, I'd just kind of skip over a lot of this. Well, God didn't mean that, and he didn't mean that, and he didn't mean that. Surely he didn't mean that. Couldn't have meant that. There's no way he could have meant that. After I was first born again, and I would read these passages, and that's what I would think. And so I just, I, I, took, I took a detour around this all the way to the 38th verse in Luke chapter 6. But today I want to start with Luke chapter 6 and verse 27. And we're going to read past verse 38, but I used to always just spend all my time looking at Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your book. Yeah! I was focused on that for a long time. Still focused on it. Still true. But you know, the thing about Scripture is there's a lot of things that precede what you read that you've got to look at, and it's got to be a part of you. And, and, and there's nothing like this passage of Scripture right here that talks about everything that we've been discussing in the last few weeks. So verse 27. But I say to you who hear. Everybody say, I'm hearing. Okay, so he's talking to you tonight. Love your enemies. Oh, come on. Surely he didn't mean that. That's what I used to say all the time. Do good to those who hate you. What? <laughs> Not me. Not on my best day. Bless those who curse you. Hmm. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Hello. To him who strikes you on one cheek, you make sure to level him on the next cheek. 
That's what we've been taught. He said, offer the, the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. One translation there says, the way you want people to treat you, you take the first step and treat them that way first. First. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. So remember, he's talking about people in the church. He's talking about born-again people. But love your enemies, do good, and lend hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons and daughters of the Most High God. He is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Now, the rest of our time tonight I just want to say three different things to get you to see this passage in a way that God wants you to see it. All of these things are saying the same thing. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. The natural response is to retaliate against people that hate you. Bless those who curse you. No, the op, the, you know, now we're supposed to respond back. Pray for those who spitefully use you. We're supposed to respond back. That they, they, they need to pay. We need to become the judge in that situation. They did me wrong. They need to pay. Remember, God said, you're not a good judge. The reason that we judge is because we don't go to him. The Mark 11 verse said, when you stand praying, as you're talking to God, forgive. Because he so much wants the forgiveness that he paid for for you through Jesus Christ to be working on your behalf. He wants you to be forgiving. He wants you to love your enemies problem with that is it takes time. It takes work. It takes getting closer to God to know how to do that and why. Well, Pastor, you're just talking about just laying down and just people walk all over you. Never said that. Never one time. The meek shall inherit the earth, but meekness isn't weakness. When you're meek, you're in charge. Because you've made the decision, you're going to lay it down, and you're going to love people. You're going to deal with yourself when it comes to hating those who hate you. The Bible says you got hatred in your heart, same as murder. 
Your Heavenly Father doesn't want a murdering spirit to have place in your soul. You know why? You can find yourself doing something that you didn't plan on doing and spending the rest of your days in jail. Why? Because you didn't deal with that. I'm telling you, he's got you covered. He's telling us things here that every time you get challenged, every time you have an opinion about something, every time judgment begins to rise up in you about someone else or a situation that you face, what does God say? How often do you go to Him, ask Him, spend however long you need to spend with Him to find out answers about the situation, how to navigate through it? Because all of this that He's saying right here, I'm just going to read to the end of where I'm going to read to. Just follow with me. So remember everything I just said. He said, Where I left off, he said, but love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High God, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, as your Father also is merciful. See, when you know Father from the standpoint of mercy, and he's shown you mercy, then you're able to be merciful. Judge not, and you'll not be judged. Condemn not, and you'll not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it'll be given unto you good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, <clears throat> will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet in all of these things, it'll be met back to you. Now watch. Notice the next thing that he says. He says, and he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Can the judges and the unmerciful lead anybody? Because when you're judging somebody that they're judging too, then the blind's leading the blind. You can't help anybody. You know, watch what he says. Look, look, look where he brings this together. We, we read the Matthew Scripture, but he doesn't say it like this there. He said, he said, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? Yeah, we need somebody to lead in righteousness. We need somebody to lead in truth. We need somebody to lead in forgiveness. We need somebody to lead in, lead in mercy. And he said, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you not look at the speck that's in your, uh, why do you not look at the speck in your brother's eye, or why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but not perceive the plank or the log that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when yourself, uh, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye. And what does he call us? Hypocrites. When you judge, and you're not judging your own heart with the judgment of God, then you're a hypocrite. He said, first remove the plank or the bigger thing that's in your eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye. Notice, notice, your brother needs help. 
People in the church need help. We need each other. But we don't need each other's judgment. We need need each other's forgiveness and mercy that we're forgiven. We, We need the people in the church operating from the forgiveness and the lack of judgment and the mercy that we've received from Father so that we can help everybody and each other get free. And this message is not for your neighbor. Oh, I wish so-and-so was here tonight. No, this message is for you. Yeah, you're here. You're here, and I'm telling you tonight, this is for you. This Word is for you and I, and this Word works. When we understand what I just read, and we understand what He was saying, He wasn't telling us to cow down, stick our head in the sand, and just let everybody walk over us. No, He was empowering us to be leaders. He wants us to lead in how to love our enemies. He wants us to lead in how to not hate those that hate us. He wants us to lead in not cursing back and coming back to people that curse us or say ugly things about us. Listen, if this was easy, everybody would be doing this. Problem is, everybody's judging. I think I said this Sunday, it would it'd be hard for me to believe that you haven't passed judgment on several people in situations this week. When I first started on this a number of months back, it was amazing how many things that God revealed to me where I was judging people and situations. Not blatantly, but just small things, hidden things, just little comments, little attitudes or whatever, but a little, stu- little, little bitty things create bigger things. You don't deal with those. And God is wanting us to be leaders. He needs us to be people that show mercy because we've received mercy from Him. How many believe tonight and you know in your heart you are forgiven? Amen. He wants us to turn that forgiveness around on other people. That's how you're able to help your brother with the small little thing in his eye when you receive mercy from God and get that big log out of you. Most of the time, that log of judgment has to do with condemnation because where there's judgment, there's condemnation. And notice he said, when we receive and do his way, then he he judges our heart and then we're free from condemnation like the rest of the world is. We have to walk under that. Can you say amen to that? Look at the 23rd chapter of Luke in these couple of verses. This is the end of the end on planet earth for Jesus right here. Verse 32. There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. When they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, on the, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. 
his last statement on planet earth was forgive them. Think about it. Think about it. I mean, all you got to do is just, you know, watch the passion of the Christ a couple of times. And you're thinking, forgive those jerks? Father, forgive them. They don't realize what they did. Forgive them. That was his prayer in his last breaths. Father, forgive them. They don't know what to do. No, no there was the, the devil had nothing on him or in him. There was no unforgiveness in his heart. None. And you know what he empowered you and I to be able to do? Because I see that right there, I can do the same thing. I don't have to hold any grudges. I don't have to look at people a certain way. I don't have to, I don't, I don't have to walk in unforgiveness toward anybody. I can love my enemies, right? I cannot hate the haters. I can do whatever it takes. And if I'll do it, then I live in the blessing of God all the days of my life. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. I don't care what way. I live under the blessing in an open heaven. But he said, if you stand praying and you're hearing me tell you forgive that person and you don't, then the forgiveness that I paid for for you won't work for you. That's what he's saying. So, where is the responsibility to see what he did work for us? It's on us. Did you hear me? I said it's on us. It's on you and I to choose to live that way on behalf of other people. And you know what? I tell you what, you know, it, it, it can be messy and it can be hard and it, it can be difficult at times to deal with these type of situations. But if he said we can do it, then we can do it. If he told you, he didn't say, if you can, love your enemies. It was a command. Love your enemies. Only way I can love my enemies is to be on the receiving end of the love that he loved me with. And when I've embraced the love that he loved me with, then I can love my enemies. He told me to love my enemies. That means <laughs> there can be a lot of unlovely enemies that are going to come against me and be unlovely. And so when you get attacks from unlovely people, the blood of Jesus has empowered you to love them. I'm telling you tonight, you can do it. In the last few years, I've spent more time in this passage right here, all those scriptures, not just Luke 6.38. Thank God for Luke 6.38. But Luke 6.38 was just like in the middle of all the other things that were said. Forgive, you'll be forgiven. Give, and it'll be given unto you. Show mercy, and mercy will come, right? Judge not, and you won't be judged. It's a way of life. God said, when you're standing praying and I show you something about that in your heart, just do what I tell you and you'll be blessed. Just do what I say. Just do what I show you. 
Well, Pastor, that's hard. Dang right it is. Dang right. It's hard to know exactly what he's saying, but the more you know him through his word, then you know exactly what he's going to tell you. You, you, you know before, he actually, before you actually hear him if you know his word. So it's not really before he, you heard him because his word is him, right? But I'm telling you, you know what's right if you know him by his word. When he tells you and he says, do it that way, and you do it, the blessing. The blessing. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.